This episode is brought to you in collaboration with Go With Yammo. Go With Yammo is an art exhibition app which helps you to find the exhibitions, art fairs and art events happening all around you. The app displays exhibitions based on your location, so the one closest to you will be at the top of the list, but if you're planning a trip, you can of course change your location to a different city. What makes the app really fun is that whenever you are at an exhibition, you can check in and earn points, which can then be used to redeem prizes from the in-app store, such as prints, exhibition tickets, books and more. Go With Yamo also create custom virtual exhibitions for galleries and artists. They will be creating the virtual space for our upcoming Art on a Postcard summer auction, which is definitely worth checking out. You can find all of these on their website, along with some great blog content, including artist interviews, exhibition recommendations, quizzes and reviews. The app is free to download from the App Store and the Google Play Store, so make sure you check it out and visit their website, www.gowithyamo.com. That's www.g-o-w-i-t-h-y-a-m-o.com. Hello and welcome to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. This week Art on a Postcard met for our monthly meeting ahead of the summer auction and we looked at the diagnostics of the plays that we've been receiving from Spotify, Apple Music and Soundcloud and I was totally blown away, we all were, to see how many international listeners that we have. Hundreds of plays in the States, Vietnam, Russia, Nigeria, Brazil, Germany, Spain. It's just mind-blowing to us and we're so pleased to have you all here. We are united for this half an hour or so to listen to an artist practice and work and that just fills me with so much joy. How lovely is that? So welcome wherever you are in the world listening in. Um, It really warms my heart to have you all here. Um, One thing I will say though is that I don't hear enough from you guys. So please do get in contact. You can contact info at postcard.com or rosa.torahepsitrust.org.uk, which I'll put in the descriptions. Um, and yeah, if you have any questions, suggestions, feedback, whatever, because I just absolutely love that, um, please do get in touch. So anyway, the artist in question today is a one Michael Scoggins, who's a participating artist in our summer auction, information for which you can find down below in the description. Um, In the episode, we talk about democratising art, elitism within the art world, connecting with your child in your creative practice, and much more. Michael's lots in the auction are lots 311 and 312. Michael Scoggins is an artist best known for his works on notebook paper, which feign the attitude of a petulant adolescent doodling. Similarly to the works of David Shrigley, the artist utilises criticism, irony and novice drawing. Scoggins came to this style by revisiting his own childhood sketchbooks and realising how disarmingly truthful they were in comparison to the paintings he'd been making as an adult. His alter ego, a personality reminiscent of the Dardaist tradition, Michael S. presents the artist as an uninhibited child. Born in 1973 in Washington, D.C., 
He received his MFA from the Savannah College of Art and Design in 2006. Today his works are in the collections of the Museum of Modern Art in New York, the Hammer Museum in Los Angeles, California, and the Telfair Museum of Art in Savannah, among others. Scoggins lives and works now in Brooklyn, New York. I very much hope you enjoy the episode. I'm sure you will. I'll see you on the other side. Hi. 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 I'm okay, thank you. How are you? Doing great, thank you. Good, 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 nice good. Nice to meet you and meet you. Yeah, yeah, really nice to meet you. Thank you so much for agreeing to just allow this to be slightly later than um, we had initially planned. I hope it didn't disrupt you too much. No, no, no. My daughter is upstairs napping, so hopefully hopefully she'll stay asleep. <laughs> so. <laughs> Great. Good, good, good. Um, where are you right now? This looks so cool. Uh, I'm in my studio right now. And, um, it's uh-huh. in the basement of our, our house right now. So, yeah. 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 Um, you're in New York, right? Yeah, we're about an hour and 45 minutes north of New York City. Um, we uh, moved up here about you know, almost five years, about four and a half years ago, I guess, almost five, um, after living in Brooklyn for, for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, just looking for, you know, more space and greener pastures, literally. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. I just moved to, uh, last summer, I moved to Hastings, which is about two hours away from London, where I've grown up. Um, nice. It was nice. Like today it was really sunny. So, you know, you could sit outside and it wasn't like polluted to the point of can't inhale anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I totally get that. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so... Just to kick off the podcast, um, mm-hmm. if you feel comfortable doing this, um, for those of people who might not know who are listening, um, could I just ask if you could just introduce yourself and describe your work, kind of how you <laughs> Okay. Hi, I'm Michael Scoggins. Uh, I'm an artist based in New York. Um, I create large-scale drawings uh, that kind of mimic... Um, uh, a spiral bound notebook page, kind of torn out of the spiral bound. And I kind of recreate uh, old letters, um, basically a younger version of myself, Michael S. character. And I deal with politics, um, personal things, social issues, et cetera, just topics of the day. Um, also delve into like pop culture iconography, um, but kind of everything's kind of rolled into one to talk you know, more about what's going on in the world around me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got to say, like, I've been doing this podcast for quite a while now, and it was researching your work was one of my favorite things that I've done so far. I've just like completely fallen in love with it. I find it so, like, um, just charming and like, uh, kind of humorously self aware in a way that like, just kind of disrupted what I normally tend to look at, which um, I was really appreciative for. So thank you for that. Um, And I wanted to talk, you know, you mentioned about your um, choice of the lined paper as a medium. Obviously you, like you said, you enlarge it, but it instantly, just the the aesthetics of that choice kind of democratizes the act of creating your work in a really cool way. because, you know, anyone can tear pages out of a, a notebook that they might have to hand and make something. Um, and I love your work for that. When did you come to that as a good idea? Because 
I presume that through art school, you will have had a shot at all different types of mediums and, you know, methods. So why use arguably, you know, the simplest of all? You know, it's funny. It was kind of a journey um, because, you know, I'm, I'm a classically paint, uh, trained painter. Um, you know, I was I went into graduate school is kind of when I started to make the transition into drawing full time. Um, but I went into school, you know, with this kind of idea that I was going to be this painter and, you know, in love with like oil paints and the smell of linseed oil and the feel of canvas and you know, using brushes and all that. And just kind of, and I love all of that. And I, lo I love painting to this day. And there are some amazing painters, but I kind of discovered that that really wasn't the medium that was for me. Um, you know, I, I think I was kind of wrapped up in this romanticism of painting um, in this long, long history um, that, you know, I've, I've studied pretty much all my life. Um, but it came down to is it, what's more important? Is it the materials or is it the concepts? And at the time, uh, the concepts weren't really translating very well through the paint. So that's kind of when I started to kind of Put everything away and kind of researched and kind of reevaluated everything and kind of landed on just drawing one of the most basic and simple things that you know everyone does and that was kind of the kind of part of the concept was you know democratizing art and allowing you know access to anyone um, anyone can look at this and kind of take away something, whether they get the deeper concepts or meanings or not, but they can relate to this item, this notebook thing. Is this, this something that any, everyone can, everyone understands? Um, it's kind of this nostalgic thing as well. Um, but it's, you know, you don't need an art history, you know, doctorate to, to kind of, to at least kind of um, take something away, I guess. Mm -hmm. That was a very long-winded explanation. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that. And I think it makes total sense. It kind of, it's where, I guess, from what I've taken from the art, it kind of sits in this kind of lovely place between being conceptual and also creating kind of art, artifacts, like art mm -hmm. objects, you know. Um, yeah. So it's really interesting. And, I, and I'm really glad for you giving that explanation. Um, and I, and I wanted to ask as well, you know, the, the way that you've chosen to, to draw or to write or to interact with the page, it kind of oftentimes can echo a kind of energy and the naivety and the charm of like outsider art almost. But of course, you know, you have your MFA and like you've, you've said you, you're classically trained. Um, and so when you're making a drawing on this lined paper, you know, such as um, Justice League for America and things like that. Um, are you having to sort of unlearn your training or does your hand just kind of come naturally to you that you can get back into that more naive space? Yeah, I definitely think it's more of a, it's it's the natural way I draw um, with, I'm just doodling or writing, like what you see in my text uh, is pretty much the way I write. It's just kind of enlarged, maybe slightly exaggerated, but I've always joked that I've taken these things that I've always considered kind of weaknesses, like my terrible handwriting, and I've kind of turned it on its head and used it in a positive way. Um, same with drawing. This is how I would just doodle in a notebook or in a sketch. Um, and uh, I don't think it was any really unlearning. I think it was definitely all of my 
all of the training that I've had has definitely informed this. Um, so it's just kind of, it's just a different way of expression. Um, and I feel like it's a more, um, uh, I don't know, it, it's more of freedom for me rather than kind of focusing on like, oh, let's make sure the perspective's correct. Let's make sure all of this, you know, I understand all of those things, but it's like, why is that necessary? Is that part of, is that necessary for the concept of the piece? Like I'm trying to convey a message. And that's, that's I think that's what I always get back to is more the message than the actual like image and just what's what's the best way to communicate it and kind of like these naive drawings and this like Michael S. Younger persona of myself um, or, or an, you know, an alternate reality <laughs> version of myself you know, in, is creating these drawings. So, and, and Michael S. is, you know, he can say and do things that, you know, the adult me um, wouldn't be able to do because, um, you know, as an adult, we're much more modest. We're, we, you know, we have all these filters that we've kind of placed on ourselves as we've gotten older. But, you know, children, as I say, children say the, the darndest things, like they don't have these filters and they'll blurt out whatever's on their mind. And, and that's kind of, you know, the part of the instruments that I'm using, um, you know, especially to talk about politics and things like that mm. uh, in the work. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, one of your pieces where it just says, I am popular, but popular is kind of misspelt. <laughs> um, and th that for me was like, I don't know why, but it was like really moving, I guess, because it was kind of like you said, like this really naive voice of just like how kids you might have a day where you are actually exceptionally popular for some reason in primary school or something <laughs> um, or, you know, in, in elementary school or whatever, but you would... And you might just write that down as a kind of like declaration of how you now view yourself in a really blunt way. Or it could also children kind of write in fantasies about themselves. And so it's kind of this not really being too sure, but it make it feeling truthful from a child's perspective. Do you know what I mean? That, that really makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that, that particular piece is kind of funny. And I, I'm, I'm very fond of that piece. And I think about it often. And I've done some variations of that piece over the years. But, you know, that piece is more dealing. And I also, you know, deal with like art world and art world politics as well. And that piece is obviously kind of dealing with that, um, you know, as, you know, my career has gone in, you know, in a certain direction. You know, ego, artist egos are very... Um, prominent I guess in a lot of artists so it's kind of just kind of joking and making fun of that whole thing like mm -hmm. um yeah of course I'm popular because you know things are going well but you know it also it's misspelled so it's kind of you know tongue-in-cheek always and yeah you know, maybe we all need a little bit more humility I guess oh, I love that I love that yeah. so much um that kind of brings me on to where I wanted to go next which is that um, there's a video of you on YouTube um, where you describe how your art, um, how art becomes objects to people and that they lose meaning when they leave the studio, but um, also that you'll do whatever you can to a piece of paper to knock fine art off of its pedestal. Mm -hmm. So there's obviously, from what I've, you know, read and watched about you thus far, I can kind of tell that there's something in the art world that really frustrates you, that you're trying to sort of distance yourself from or fight against or push back against um, as an artist. Um, and so for you, what are those things that frustrate you? And what would what would the ideal, what would the like utopian art world look like? Um, <laughs> that's a tough question. Uh, yeah, I feel like 
again, I think it's just, it's artists and I, I love artists. I know I'm one and I, I'm married to one and I have tons of friends that are artists. Um, but there's always like a slight ego. And I always joke that, you know, artists are extremely like selfish creatures. And I think in a way we have to be because we're making art basically about ourselves and our experiences and what we know. And, you know, sincerity is really important in my work. So I'm like talking about things that I understand. If I'm talking about things that I don't really understand or know, then I think the work comes across in that way. Like people can see it and like, oh, well, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, so it's always about things that, you know, are directly related to me. So a lot of those, you know, art world criticism are like experiences I've had with either other artists or dealing with galleries um, or just kind of like the, just how there's so much inequality in, in the art world. You know, I'm saying that as, as a white male, but, you know, having friends, you know, that, that aren't um, and seeing their careers maybe not get as much attention as they deserve or just any artist in general that I, that I admire and maybe seeing them not kind of get a fair shake at it uh, is always frustrating. And there are other artists that I'm like, mm, maybe they're, maybe they shouldn't get, be getting so much attention or maybe I know them personally and like, oh, they're, they're not really that nice of a person. So maybe I'm not going to root for them. Um, and then just, you know, the politics of galleries and museums and things like that. It's just all kind of just silly in a way and, uh, and can be very frustrating. Um, I know I'm part of this world and part of this business as well. So I, I can't really, I, I don't know, it, it, I can criticize it, but also I'm also part of the problem, I guess. So we all need to work and like try to make it better for everyone. And that's kind of been my goal from, for, for many years now. It's just kind of, especially now that I've gotten to a point in my career where I'm like, okay, I've gotten some notice and people have pay attention sometimes to what I do. Um, so I may as well use that soapbox and, you know, that elevated status to kind of, you know, share my opinions about why I think certain things are unfair. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess it's like, um, you know, you were talking about earlier saying that um, it's really important that there's, like a sincerity to your work and what you say but and also that thing of that feeling that you have when you're creating these pieces where it's a, it's almost like trying to discover a freedom or a sense of freedom or the feeling of freedom at the very least um which can kind of I guess manifest in in you know the state of being free because you're kind of at least mentally there um and so whilst I guess that question was about your stance within the art world, I guess that it also ultimately comes down to your love of creating and your passions for, you know, what you do and things like that. You, you can't stop, you know, you can't stop trying to access that feeling, which is totally understandable. No, absolutely. I mean, I, I am literally living my dream right now. I get to, I get to come to the studio every day and make art. I mean, that's a pretty amazing job. <laughs> so um, yeah. And I enjoy it every day. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, this, this notebook series now I'm coming up on almost 20 years, which is kind of, kind of crazy. When I started thinking about it, I was like, how I've been doing this for how long now? And, uh, you know, people are like, well, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Like, will you ever get tired of this? Will it ever, will you ever move on? And, you know, I do other series, but this just happens to be what most people, you know, know. Um, and I was like, I don't know, you know, I've never, I've, I've had moments where I've taken little breaks here and there. Um, but I've always come into the studio kind of excited about, you know, what's happening and kind of refreshed to see what, what's coming next. Um, and I think the thing with like this format that I've created, you know, 
the the blue lines and you know holes and all of that it, it's something that's very familiar it's like kind of um you know people see it and they know that it's my work but at the same time what goes on top of those lines you know the possibilities are infinite so um i feel like i've kind of struck a nice balance mm -hmm. um between something that's recognizable but also something that you know can go anywhere mm -hmm. So that's always kind of exciting for me. Yeah, definitely. Or it gets me excited, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not everyone else, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I, it, you mentioned just as we started the podcast that your daughter was taking a nap. Uh -huh. I wasn't aware that you were a parent, but you know, knowing that you go into this childlike place when you're creating and you have these char this character version of yourself um, that creates some of the artworks alongside with you, um, how how do you find having a young person around you know because I, I didn't realize that you started 20 years ago and then along comes a child is it like a situation where are you looking to her <laughs> pieces or does she look at you or do you create together or how does that work we yeah she uh, her name is scout and she's three she just turned three mm -hmm. um and yeah, she loves coming down to the studio. She loves hanging out in here and, you know, she has her own pencils and paper. And, um, but we have actually started collaborating together on a few things. Like I just let her, like I, I have scraps all over the place of like the notebook stuff that are they're torn. So I just save all the scraps that I have. So we've started drawing on those together. Mm -hmm. um, it's, uh, yeah. I don't know, it's, it's really kind of fun to see like how she perceives things. Mm -hmm. um, like she'll come down and I'll be working on a piece and she'll come down and, and just see it for the first time and just kind of stare at it for a while and I'm like well what do you think you know and she's, yeah. she's three so she, you know she's still kind of taking things in from a very young perspective so um, but it's always exciting it kind of gets me excited as well and just her her she already has such a love for drawing and mm -hmm. she's drawing all the time and making you know handing them to to us and be like oh this is for you I made this for you and that's just such an amazing thing mm -hmm. um, and they're really good too I mean I'm biased I know but um, <laughs> I think she's got some skills <laughs> we'll see well it uh, would make sense you know yeah. to both of you being artists yeah <laughs> but it's definitely it's she definitely has brought on a new perspective that maybe um I hadn't really um, seen before. I mean, I, I, at least on a day-to-day -day basis, like having like a, such a, a young child in my life constantly. Mm. Um, you know, kids have always responded um, in a pretty amazing ways to the work, which has always really excited me. Like that's always kind of, as if, if I can impress this kid, then I know I'm doing something right. And uh, so that's always a thrill for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. At a show or something when, you know, some kids come in and kind of and just take it all in but yeah, but now sure. that I have you know a, a child in my life every day kind of seeing her and kind of seeing her draw and kind of grow and um just just her love of like looking at art and thinking about art and uh mm. it's 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 definitely new and exciting so that's so cool because I guess you know when you're a kid and you because I grew up and my my dad was an artist mm -hmm. um he's an oil painter and but he's a lot more traditional kind of oil painting and so I guess I would have naturally grown up and, and this isn't you know I love my dad I'm not trying to trash my dad here but like <laughs> there was a kind of there's a there's a preciousness around like you know the act of creating things and I would remember making like Easter gardens with my dad and eventually I'd be sat, sat there just like 
well he's just basically be kind of creating this amazing kind of world for me to take into school and claim as my own it was kind of ridiculous but um I guess it must be really lovely for your daughter as well to feel like she has an input into your artwork as well like there's a val like you know her her young creative mind is being valued just as much that must be yeah there's definitely an exchange of ideas for sure and as she's gotten older like you know her her imagination is growing too as well and it's uh yeah, it's just really exciting and fun to watch, so. Lovely. The other thing I wanted to ask you, just because I found it super interesting to think about, and I have been thinking about it for a few days, is, and I think it's just because I'm not smart enough to kind of like get my head around something being contradictory in this way. But I've read from other places and on various different, um, you know, websites and articles and things that your work involves irony, you know, like to create humor and um, to make a comment on certain constructs and like deconstruct them, I suppose. But also that you say that you want to, that you present your work with sincerity, that that's necessity uh, necessarily in the work. Mm -hmm. Um, to create something that's honest and, and truthful and that you feel like you can stand next to with conviction. Um, and this seems to me like I, irony and sincerity in my head are like two different, they're like the binaries, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like I, I yeah. feel, like, and so I wonder how do you make that work? How do you like reconcile the kind of, the humor, the deconstruction of irony with the, with the honest truthfulness of sincerity? <laughs> um, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's, it's, a, it's always a journey. <laughs> so um, yeah, I think, you know, and I do, I think humor and art's important. And I think it's, it's a way to disarm the viewer um, and to kind of invite them in a little bit. If they can laugh at something, whether, you know, they maybe agree with maybe the politics behind it or not, I don't know. Um, but it's kind of just basically there to disarm the viewer and get, get them to maybe look a little bit more closely and then kind of get around to the point of what I'm trying to say. Um, so I don't really see them as opposites, but just kind of a bridge from one to the other, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think, again, I think what I, I love art, but it's also, it's very important, but in the, the, the similar sense, it's also kind of ridiculous in many ways. I mean, um, so we have to kind of enjoy that and just kind of just take it all in. And there's no reason not to have fun with it and be able to talk about serious things at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the like the younger, you know, alter ego, the Michael S, he takes an opposite opinion of what I might think. Um, say we're talking, it's a piece about like gun violence or something like that. You know, he, you know, young, young boys, especially here, we grew up liking guns culture and celebrating gun culture, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that might be a pro-gun piece on the surface, um, but then we kind of get deeper into it. And it's like talking about like made you know, issues that, of the day, some, you know, a shooting or something that's happened. Um, and it might be subtle and, you know, some pieces are, way more subtle than others. It just kind of depends on what I'm trying to do. Um, sometimes I just really just want to be like in your face, like this is what I'm talking about. I'm not happy about this and we're going to talk about this. Um, or other times it's more kind of like, all right, well, Michael S is like talking about guns and he like likes to play guns and all of this. But then, you know, we look a little bit deeper and now we're talking about, oh, but why is this so 
prevalent in our culture and what can we do to, to change it and change the attitude towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. it just, yeah, it just really depends. Mm-hmm. Um, right. yeah, yeah, it's all kind of interconnected and, and necessary, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. And I, I, that was kind of one of the final things I wanted to really ask is about the writing that features in the, in your um, pieces. Um, and I don't know whether are, do you consider yourself to be a writer at times or is it just like one big mesh of loads of different things? Is it just an artist broadly mm. um, who does writing and drawing or do you know, how do you kind of make those distinctions as well? Like, Yeah, I think, I mean, much like the art, everything is kind of blurred. Um, you know, the, the act of drawing is such a simple thing. The act of writing can be such a simple thing. I, I would never call myself a writer because I respect writers way too much. Um, and uh um but I do enjoy writing and um you know if I can write from a certain perspective kind of like this naive um perspective where you know grammar and spelling might not always be important um or they are important just in different ways uh um then yeah I mean I yeah I don't know I would never say I'm a writer but I would just say that I'm an artist that kind of likes to dip his toes in many things and have many, many fingers in many pots, I guess. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, one piece or a couple of pieces that I'm super happy um, that it features both of those things are the uh-huh. two pieces that you've um, donated very generously um, to Art on a Postcard. And we're so, so grateful and just touched that you have, you know, handed in really brilliant examples like in kind of mini form of, of what you do would you be able to just wrap up the podcast by giving you know a few words on the pieces and where they came from and what they mean sure um i mean basically i, t- I tend to work in series so like the the this the kind of like these smiley faces are kind of um what i've been working on the past year or so now they've 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 been popping up in my sketchbook for years and um, just kind of like, and I'm also a lover of comic books and comic art as well. Um, So that's always been a very important aspect of the work. Um, And again, talking about hierarchies in the art world and all of that, like some art is considered more valuable or precious than others. And a lot of that's nonsense to me. Um, Art is either, you know, you think it's good or you think it's not. so these smiley faces, these comic book and the word balloons and things like that have been just kind of repeatedly in my work over the years. Um, but I've really been focusing more on these little characters uh, about the past year ago, uh, year or so. And uh, yeah, so there, there's just kind of a continuation. Um, obviously, you know, Black Lives Matter is a very important issue right now. Um, and it's been something that's you know been uh, in, in America especially has been going on forever, um, but you know, especially more recently, the, the protest movements and you know, the demand for equality um, have become more prevalent as you know, murders have been happening by police, et cetera, et cetera. Um, just, just tragic things. Um, so I think it's very important to be vocal and be, especially be, to be an ally and to, to be visible and to say, you know, again, as a, as a white male, I'm, I'm here to, to support and, and do what I can. Um, and then just kind of, this is my own way of doing it. It's just with the word balloons. Um, and then the other piece is more about, you know, love and caring, you know, it's literally a heart. This person just kind of talking about, um, 
just kind of love and affection that we need to have towards one another to, to kind of get past all our, our bias and our uh, misunderstandings and disagreements and just, just you know, I, I feel like the human race is spending so much time right now on divisive issues and it's just, it's, it's wrong, A, but it's also just exhausting and a complete waste of energy in my opinion, when we could be focusing on advancing ourselves to move forward. Um, so I think, you know, especially now with the last like four or five years here, especially with you know, the, the former guy and other things that have been going on in this country. Um, I just, I just, I, I've just gotten to a point now where it's like, all right, we need just to, to stop this nonsense. These people are hate filled and divisive and we need to just ignore them or just kind of move past them and kind of, you know, be a little bit more thoughtful of one another and a little bit more considerate. And I don't think that's really asking a whole lot, but, but you know, here we are today. So um easier said than done i guess but we we keep we keep trying yeah i think that's why these pieces feel so like refreshing and soothing as well i didn't i don't know if that was your aim but i guess (laughs) just seeing these just the message that you want to put across Mm -hmm. put across in a way that is like accessible to everybody and it's also it's not tapping into anything kind of horrible and and terrifying and making us feel scared it's like filling us with something a bit more optimistic a bit more sort of um a bit more sort of hopeful which is actually really really refreshing right now I think we definitely have enough fear in the world (laughs) so we uh maybe should focus on the opposite so yeah um yeah well thank you very very much um not only um for speaking with me today and taking time out of you know your life to have a chat with me but also for those two wonderful pieces we couldn't be more grateful and happy to have you involved in the oh it's my pleasure and my honor thank you so much (laughs) take care (laughs) um and i hope um your daughter got a good nap (laughs) okay thank you so much (laughs) bye take care Thank you for listening to Art on a Podcast, the podcast created by Art on a Postcard. Our summer auction, including Michael Scoggins, who you have just listened to and I'm sure fell in love with, as I did as well during the course of the podcast. The lots are 311 and 312 for his work, and you can check out all the others on our website, artonapostcard.com. All information is below this podcast. Don't miss out. Next up on the podcast, we have Margaret Rose Vendress, who is a wonderful New York-based art historian and painter, and we get into all sorts of juicy and wonderful topics. So keep an eye out for that on our social media, at Art and a Postcard, and I'll see you next time.